Hi, my name is Darlene. And mine is Brianna. And our guest speaker today is Gus Raymond. Hi, I'm Gus Raymond. I am the Director of Prevention and Intervention for Storm Lake Schools. And today we're going to be talking about some certain topics that we, me and Darlene have been trying to figure out. And we have Gus to share his stories about the whole thing. And we're not trying to disrespect the school district. We're just trying to, like, have fun with this. So our first question is, how do you feel about kids stressing out about school? Well, how I feel about it is concerned. You know, um, I think it's understandable that students are stressed mm -hmm. and struggling both academically and emotionally. And that's a big reason why I was brought into the district to be as helpful as possible for that. Um, I think the pandemic all by itself caused quite a few issues with the separation from school for a period of time. And I think we're seeing still the effects from that separation. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had a bad experience with the teacher yet? Like, you know, you were in the right. Not a bad experience. No, I think it's just a difference of opinion and a difference of perspective. Right? Oh. Because I'm not in the classroom every day, so I see a different picture than they do. Mm -hmm. And so their perspective is from that everyday experience mm -hmm. and from their training from a, an educational aspect. Mm -hmm. And my training is more of that social emotional aspect and that mental health and substance training. So I see things a little bit differently than they do. I think it's just a matter of, of viewpoint as opposed to right or wrong. Oh, okay. Do you think teachers have like some sort of, um, how do I say, like a reason for them to be like so strict on assignments, yet they see the kids struggling? Like, does that make sense? Like, like trying to figure out why that might be? Yeah. Is that what you're going for? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, I think, I think one of the things that I have noticed coming into the district is the fact that this is an established school system right? That's been in existence for years and years and years and years and years mm -hmm. and was built and, and implemented during a time where the demographic of students was pretty monolithic, I guess, is the term I want to go for. Uh, we didn't have as much diversity as we have now, let's say it that way, yeah. right? And in just a generation or so, in the last, say, 25 years, we've had an extreme growth of diversity in the student body yeah. from various cultures and various backgrounds and various language levels. And that has created a lot of things that the system wasn't built for and yeah. wasn't built to deal with. Yeah, and I think we're seeing the effects of that. Because now we have a lot of diversities, yeah. diversities in this school. like. I don't know how much countries it is, but it's like a lot. The last count was almost 30 languages spoken really? in the district. Yeah, People come from everywhere yeah. and they have like different opinions on things. So mm -hmm. that's why I think like we have so much, um, let's see, like not fights, but like arguments about everything just because like we're not like on the same track. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure if it's just how they were raised. It's it's hard to explain. I think it's a multitude of things, right? Like, I think it comes from a lot of, there's no one answer, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And so to go back to your original question about, about you know, strictness in the classroom and, and even though they know the student is struggling, 
from an educator standpoint, and this is where their perspective comes in, right? They have these standards that they have to meet educationally. There are things that they have to cover that are mandated by the state and the federal education systems. They're not mandated by the school district or the classroom, mm -hmm. right? These are standards that are implemented upon them. And they're under a considerable amount of pressure to meet those standards. But they're dealing with, say, 25 students <clears throat> in a classroom of all varying abilities, all varying language levels, all varying backgrounds. And to try and teach to 25 different personalities is hard enough. But when you also throw in all that other yeah. aspect of diversity, when their educational training didn't necessarily prepare them to teach to this level of diversity. And that's what I mean by their systemic issues that the system just hasn't caught up with yet. Yeah, mm -hmm. I definitely agree on that. Um, so you agree that mental health is important no matter what situation. And Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No question. Do you think the schools care enough about our mental health and how, you know, like how it may affect us, like during school and how we stress out and everything? Yeah, I think they care. I think the system is set up to respond after the fact and is not yet set up to respond proactively to mm -hmm. prevent issues. Mm -hmm. And again, I think if we could catch up with the diversity and catch up with the cultural awareness and the language levels, that we might have an easier time attending to that. But right now it's basically the education system is not very well funded. Yeah. We don't have a lot of resources in the district, let alone as most districts. And we don't have a lot of community resources to rely upon. So this is a little bit of fire pops up, put out fire. Next fire pops up, put out fire. We, we're very reactionary and that's not necessarily someone's fault but it's the way the system works right now. And I know from my meetings and from the fact that I was brought in that, you know, this is the district trying very much to meet the need. And, and it's a little bit of trying to do so with your hands tied behind your back. Okay. Um, how does school affect your, like your mental health? For me? Yeah. Cause I know you just, let's just say school. you were a student with a bunch of homework and like, like in my cases, mm -hmm. like a lot of teachers just don't understand that I have a life at home and they just try to like um, make everything absolutely perfect. Like they're saying I have to have like a certain schedule, but like, okay, let's say I do make a schedule, but that schedule just doesn't li uh, fit with my home life. Like I have other things I have to worry about outside of school that isn't schoolwork. Mm -hmm. And they just try to throw that negatively towards you like oh you're not responsible and stuff like that such things i think a lot of it has to do with communication i again i think that perspective difference that we were talking about earlier has a lot to do with this yeah. we're dealing with like i said the system as it has been established and all of this new influx and a lot of considerations that we've never had to look at before whether or not students are also part of the financial support system for their families whether or not first generation kids are functioning as interpreters and liaisons for their family systems. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of things, not even, it's, that's not even bridging the mental health part, right? That's just practical business. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we're just not used to that yet. And we don't necessarily have prescriptive answers for it. And so what you get is naughty teenager, why can't you just finish your stuff? Right. But I think if we were able to have more of those conversations, 
from the student body to the teachers and vice versa, because I think there's part of it that the students don't understand as well. Yeah. I think we would come to a point where we have better understanding and maybe some more bridges for behavior. Yes, I definitely agree on that because like a lot of people have, to, like I asked people about their situations with teachers and a lot of people just end up having discussions like not agreeing with them because they just have a different way to think about stuff and it's just like hard to communicate with them. Like, mm -hmm. like they don't understand what's really going inside our head of our heads, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I have a mindset that I'm, I can be doing something right now, but I'm thinking too much in my head mm -hmm. and I just can't focus. And sometimes it's just hard for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not everybody has the same pace in learning as others. And I just don't think that's clear to some of the teachers, not all of them. Mm -hmm. All of them, like some teachers are really like good with communicating with others and like being patient. Like if they need to slow down, they, they make sure they have to do it. Or they make sure you're okay, doing okay. Yeah. Or they like, check up on you. Yeah, they check up on you. Yeah, um, I would say I would encourage you to communicate, right? Yeah. Proactively as opposed to reactively, right? Because if you're already elevated, your communication skill is probably not going to be awesome. Like anyone else, right? Like when I'm agitated, I don't communicate as well as I do when I'm feeling peaceful. Yeah. And, and, and storytelling and humanizing... I think are the, the most effective ways to get your points across. I think that that's a way to let people have a greater, more human understanding of who you are and where you come from and what you're experiencing in the same way that I would encourage students to listen to the teachers as well. I think both the snow, <laughs> that's what us old timers say, right? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I'm 48 years old, so I graduated high school in 1992. Damn. So it was considerably <laughs> different than than what you experience now, right? And, you know, we didn't have cell phones in great number yet, if at all, actually. We had no smartphones at all. Um, the internet was really not what you would even imagine today. It was basic computing. Um, if I remember my timeline right, there might have been a WWW, but it wasn't exactly robust. <laughs> and I'm older than everybody else in the room. So, um, considerably different, right? I mean, some of the things are pretty iconic and, and have stayed, you know, all of that interpersonal stuff that students struggle with, the various backgrounds that are lumped together in a classroom, all of that stuff is still pretty typical, at least at its foundation. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there at least wasn't any videotape proof. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we didn't have access to the global world that you have now. We didn't have access to immediate and abundant information like we have on social media today yeah. right so i have an interesting perspective of both worlds where students your age are, are raised in a digital world and don't know any other way yeah yes. do you think uh mental health was important back then as it is today because today we have organizations doing as much as they could like we actually have clinics who just are like specifically like specifically looking at mental like focusing on mm -hmm. that certain thing or to help people with their mm -hmm. mental health i think it existed but it you know like many things just didn't look the same as it yeah. does now i think the the further we go the more information available the more that we recognize 
the need for that social emotional or mental health training and awareness. So I think it was at least where I grew up and especially in the family I grew up in a bit more of a, just pull yourself up and get on with it kind of mentality than it was, you know, I think my parents, my mother in particular at this point would think everybody's, uh, you know, all stressed out and, and being catered to a little too much where I come from the perspective mm. of you can't hardly give people enough care. <laughs> like there's no such thing as too much mm -hmm. caring. I think that's ridiculous. Mm. So I think we've evolved. I don't know that it's better or worse. I think it's just evolved. Did school ever affect you like back then? Oh yeah. Stress Not having out? the resources to like talk to someone. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That, again, the awareness was different, right? So there wasn't a ton of that. And yeah. like many others, my home life was, shall we say, stressful. Yeah. Um, and I made a lot of decisions that made it even worse for me, right? Because I didn't know any better at the time or, and we weren't as trauma informed as we are these days. Yeah. And I just didn't have the support system I needed. So that's part of what motivates me now to do the work that I do is to be that support system that I didn't have. And I think that that awareness is growing and that resource is growing, but we're still evolving. Yeah. What was the worst thing that ever happened to you in school? Probably me. If you're asking me from an adult <laughs> perspective, I was the worst. I was my own worst enemy, right? But like most teens, I didn't know any better. And all I could see was what I knew right then. Yeah. You know, I can only evaluate it from hindsight, right? As an adult, if I try to think back to where I was, <clears throat> I think it was stuff outside of school but school itself impacted that because I didn't have the resources and the tools I needed to navigate all those other things. And so it made it really hard for me to work academically. And that I relate to a lot with students today, right? Because there's so many outside concerns that sitting through an algebra class is torture. It is. You know, and, and I'm not a math person, so <laughs> algebra is a little bit difficult for me in the first place, but it's even more so when I'm compounded by all those other yeah, things. Yeah, I so. cannot understand math for some reason. It doesn't get stuck in my head. And then, like, there's certain topics, like, where you just, like, don't like them, so you just can't focus, can't get, like, certain information in your head, and you just feel the whole thing. Or oh. it's the math teachers who make you mad every day. You know. Yeah, I just don't get along with teachers. You know, like, I think that's part of you. what we don't recognize in a system like this is the fact that we're going to run into people that we don't enjoy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's just a fact of life. That's a nature, right? Yeah. Occasionally, I work with people I don't necessarily want to hang out with, but I still have to work with them. And that's been true in many jobs, right? We're not always going to get along. And part of what we unintentionally teach in school systems like this is how to navigate those types of hurdles and obstacles, right? Part of what you're learning here is how to get through the stuff you don't like in an effective way. And it's just not a direct class. It's about how to utilize your strengths and get through something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was one thing that you read, like a subject you never liked in your life? Like, I appreciate maths but I, I'm not oh. passionate about it in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. I was always the creative side. I was always the ideas person. I was never that real strict, you know, scientific or, or um, factual-based kind of material. Yeah. Did you ever stressed out about school, and how did you deal with it? 
yeah, there was a, a lot of pressure. Um, and I, to be perfectly honest, didn't deal with it uh, appropriately. I turned to, you know, and that, that's no secret. That's part of what I talk to the yeah. students about, right, is my own history. I didn't have tools and supports and resources, so I did what I knew. And what I knew was to turn to substances and to behaviors that weren't healthy for me. Yeah. As I feel like nowadays, that's what people do mostly, like go to substance because that's like the best support they have out there. It's the easy button. Yeah. I mean, there are other supports, but I think a, a lack of awareness and a lack of familiarity contribute to us not doing that. And frankly, it's just easier sometimes for some people to just hit that easy button that puts us into this space that takes it all away. But the problem is we know it's still there when we get out. Yeah, like something, some people think it does help them, like, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. like. Not in the long term. Yeah, they say, oh, it helps me to concentrate better. It helps me finish my work, mm -hmm. like, you know, but out there, really, you and, know. And as a person in recovery, as a person who's sober now and working in the position that I do, that's part of what I want to do is create more awareness on that mm -hmm. because there is a lot of misinformation about substances and how they affect us. I don't know how many times I've heard it's just a plant, uh -huh. you know, uh, but so are several other drugs and, and no one seems to make that equation. Right. So I think, I think dispelling some myths, really meeting students where they're at, as opposed to teaching down to them. Right. My job is to find language that you speak, not in just the literal sense, but also in the, in the metaphorical sense. Right. Uh -huh. So you see drugs as a bad thing, like, there's some people who actually have like parades for like to legalize mm -hmm. marijuana and stuff right. like that. So. You know, I'm, I'm a trained substance counselor and mental health counselor, right? Mm -hmm. So I see both sides of that story. I have my own lived experience, but I also have training mm -hmm. and I have a level of, of awareness <clears throat> on what some of these substances are capable of doing that I think has not been really... Um, properly made aware to the general public, especially to teens. I know there's a monetary involvement involved in, in, you know, legalizing certain substances, but like everything, there are pros and cons to a situation. And just because some might be okay, doesn't mean more is better. Yeah. 